The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We thought the wounds were beginning to heal, or at least I thought so. And then you start to get up here to do this show and all of the pain comes back and we're still not over it this one's gonna this this loss is gonna hurt hurt a while as the eagles fall to the kansas city chiefs pat mahomes and andy reed by the score of 38 to 35 what's going on y'all welcome to our weekly edition of the epa podcast brought to you by bgn radio and bleeding green nation i am your host victor williams be sure to follow me on all social platforms over at the philly pod do the same for my co-host shane half at half and half underscore TPL. We are going to do our very best. Be happy that this isn't Sunday night or Monday morning that we're talking about this game. And we've had some sorts of reflection to try and pull ourselves together to talk about this game because it still hurts. It's still very, 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 very painful because the Eagles had all the chances in the world to pull this one out. And a couple mistakes and one that Shane has been vocal about throughout most of the season that he hoped would not cost us a game. And it pretty much did and this one, we'll get into it all as we break down the events of Super Bowl 57 and the uh, the end to what to, to a very magical season. I don't want it to be lost. How how great this season truly was. We'll get into all that stuff. But Shane, you could probably hear it in my somber voice, not as enthusiastic as I as I typically am of, of just this game and what it would have meant to, to the city, to the franchise, if they were able to just maintain a two score lead out of halftime and you and and you see Patrick Mahomes hobbled at the end of the half and the Kansas City misses that field goal and and just it feels like it's just it's just gonna happen that the stars have aligned and the Eagles are gonna pull this one out but the Eagles only showed up for one half more more specifically the defense didn't really show up for the game at all but specifically didn't show up in this in the second half and it's just so, so many emotions so many feelings so many things running through your head at one time as to what what went wrong in in this game but I guess We'll we'll take it from the top on how you feel just in general about the game and 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 it's it's so hard to get to a Super Bowl. The Eagles got there and we of course we expect them to be back at some point, but you don't know when, you don't know how soon. It's 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 a tough one, man. It's a tough one to swallow. Yeah, absolutely. Um it feels very deflating. Mm-hmm. It's a good word. It's a good just word because it. of how the game went, like they were playing with house money. You didn't expect the Eagles to be in a Super Bowl this year before the year started, or at least I certainly didn't. I thought they were a ten, thought they were a ten to twelve win team. I thought alone. they would win the division, and you know, I wanted to <laughs> win a playoff game. That that was a successful season for me, and it was it became so much more than that. And you could live with getting to the Super Bowl, and you know, Hertz hadn't looked great thus far since coming back from the injury. You could have lived with. 
you know, him missing a few big throws and he just didn't play his best game. And there's a little bit of, you know, it's the furthest he's ever been in the playoffs. He's a young player. He's got an injury, all of those sorts of things. You could have lived with that. Jalen Hurts played the best game of his career. He outdueled Patrick Mahomes in this game and it just wasn't enough. And it's so deflating because you mentioned how hard it is to get to a Super Bowl, much less to get the last time the Eagles were in a Super Bowl. Their starting left tackle was out. They were missing a running back. They were missing a quarterback. They were missing a linebacker. They were missing like they had so many injuries. They had 20, all 22 starters available, healthy in this game. I mean, healthy is healthy as you're going to be in the Super Bowl. Guys are nicked up, whatever. But this was the most the best injury luck I've ever seen in a football team. Jalen Hurts played the best game of his career and it just wasn't enough. And so that's deflating to to know you're in that position and you just couldn't bring it home. And, you know, I've heard a lot of, I've heard a lot of like defeatist talk online that, well, that was it. That was their shot. And now they're going to have to pay Jalen hurts and Mm -hmm. you don't have the QB on the rookie contract anymore. And which depending on how the extension's done, he's still got a year of that rookie deal left. Uh, They may rate. Yeah. They may raise that cap number next year. We'll see. But, (laughs) but I think people are overreacting to that a little bit because Honestly, what you're saying, if you're, if you're, yeah, if you're lamenting in the that, you're saying, I wish we didn't have the guy. So we were drafting another one. And that's just silly. I mean, you want the quarterback. And even if you look back at the previous Super Bowl winners this year, Mahomes, not on a rookie deal, Matthew Stafford last year, Tom Brady in 2020, Mahomes in 2019, Tom Brady in 18, Nick Foles in 17, Tom Brady in 16, Peyton Manning in 2015. Tom Brady, 2014. You have to go all the way back to 2013 to see Russell Wilson win the win the Super Bowl on a rookie contract, and so it's nice. It's a good point. It lets you build the roster out in so many ways, and you don't want to overpay. You know, you don't want to pay big money to a quarterback that's not a top five quarterback in the league because it does create holes in your roster, holes that your quarterback has to be able to overcome, and that's what we saw Patrick Mahomes do. Jalen Hurts is a top five quarterback in the NFL. And so I, you pay him and, and you're happy about it. And it's going to create some holes in the roster. And you believe that he's good enough to cover those holes up. And, and that's where I'm at. It's deflating, yeah. but I'm hopeful, you know, the Eagles have their guy. They've got their head coach. And so I think they're going to be back if they win a Super Bowl. Who knows? But I think yeah, they're going to yeah. be back. They'll, they'll certainly be back. I'm part leading up to this game. A part of me was saying that I feel like Hertz was is going. We're, we're good. I think this definitely is going to be his first one. I wouldn't be shocked if we see him back in this game two, two or three more times in, in his career. But you need, and you alluded to the injuries. You need so many things to go right to even get a chance to get to the Super Bowl, let alone get there and win the whole thing. You had all your 22 starters available for not only the NFC Championship game but the Super Bowl. This was, and I feel I feel great about the future. But man, just just. What the, what this season could have could have meant? Like you're 17 and three, you're one of the greatest teams ever assembled. Howie Roseman probably gets in the Hall of Fame based on this alone. Sirianni and Jalen Hurts win a ring in year two. It's 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 hard. It's 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 they 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 get it's they fumbled an opportunity in this game, and it's and it's hard because you have to play near perfect, as close as you can get to a perfect game to be Patrick Mahomes. And you had an uncharacteristic mistake from Jalen Hurts, who, who he absolved that he did more than enough to make up for it. And and Shane, how many times on this show leading up to this point, leading up to the Super Bowl anyway, that we have said we hope that special team a special teams mistake doesn't cost them a game. You certainly hope 
it doesn't happen in the playoffs. It's not the muff punt or something like that that we were scared of, but it was allowing the longest punt return in Super Bowl history. And at that point, I'm pretty sure you and I and every fan in Philadelphia and and, and around the globe felt that uh that, that the game was over at that point once that happened. You already didn't feel good. Of course, A.J. Brown already made it known. You didn't feel good about kicking that field goal on fourth and six on the Kansas City 15. You for sure didn't feel good after after that punt return. And then and then that uh that that uh infamous hold on on, on Bradbury all but all but sealed it. But I wanted to give you uh your flowers for for you you've been the special teams guy all the way. The, the stick is gonna cost us at some point. Let's pray it's not in the playoffs and allowing that punt return basically cost them a chance at, at a Super Bowl title. Yeah, I don't I don't want them. <laughs> I didn't want that. Didn't want to be right. <laughs> but you you, yeah. you made you said it though. Like at some point, and let's hope it's not in the playoffs. Of course, you know, to be honest, I think the decision to punt more than the result itself cost them in that game. Like they they weren't stopping at that point. Like we we had seen it happen. We'd seen him march right down the field twice in a row. I I thought I thought Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen did a really good job in this game. And I thought Nick was very aggressive as usual. I thought you saw Andy Reid be passive and it cost his team. And I thought that's the edge here. That's the edge in this game. And then he punted on fourth and two, maybe fourth and three, depends on what game book you look at, down by one. <laughs> like, what made you think that you were going to stop them? Honest, all punting is doing there, and it didn't even do this, but it's making Mahomes take five minutes to score instead of two minutes, and then you allow the turn, and that doesn't happen anyways. <laughs> but when they rolled out to punt Man. that, I, I honestly couldn't believe it. Like I did, I thought maybe this is a fake. There's no way they're punting this ball. It just doesn't make sense. It's not consistent with anything that he's done. We saw them go for it on a fourth down in the 49ers game in a similar situation that on their own side of the field, it was like at the 35. Now, granted, it was fourth and one, not fourth and a long two or fourth and three. So you couldn't just QB sneak, but they'd gone on fourth and five. They'd, they'd done other things in this game. I was surprised that they punted it. And I think that's a decision that if you ask, and maybe somebody has, I haven't, I kind of, I pulled an Aaron Rodgers and went on like a darkness retreat. I just like blacked out the internet after that game. I'm sure we could all, I don't know what everybody said since Uh, maybe he was asked about that. I think if you asked him about it now, uh, he would say that was a mistake and that you can't do that in that spot. And, and I don't expect him. I don't expect that he would do that in another game like that, but that was a huge moment in the game. And I thought he made the wrong call. Yeah, I was actually more shocked they kicked that field goal <laughs> on the 15 than the punt. I was I was more shocked that they did that because that definitely seemed like a point when you're up three points. Being up three and being up six isn't a world of difference when you're going against Patrick Mahomes. If you're that confident in your defense that they can stop them from scoring three, <laughs> stop them from scoring three points, then then you probably shouldn't. Uh, you probably you probably should go for it anyway. I think you try and put the put the game away at that point, um, which, which is probably why AJ, AJ Brown made the comments that he did that he felt like there was a chance. That uh that 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 they could lose, but Hurts yeah played played probably to your point the best game of his career three hundred and four passing yards seventy rushing yards had four total touchdowns rushed for three of them and I mentioned this on on my podcast right before this one if you would have told me if an objective an objective NFL say you were an objective NFL fan you just watch the Super Bowl every year don't follow the teams don't follow the rosters don't follow the the politics of it if you just sat and watched it and watched both teams didn't know anything. I'm I'm certain most people would say that the guy in green was better than the guy in red, just just from this game alone. And the stats certainly look that way. Leading up to this game, we said we said the Eagles are not going to win this game if they expect Jalen Hurts to outgunsling Patrick Mahomes. If I were to see these stats before the before the end result, if I were to just see these stats before the game happened, 
I would assume that the team that allowed Patrick Mahomes to pass for under 200 yards ran away with this game and, and held the Lombardi Trophy. You Patrick Mahomes didn't even have a Patrick Mahomes-esque game. Yes, yes, he's obviously the MVP, and he did special things as he always does. But when you hold Pat Mahomes to 182 passing yards, I assume most teams are going to win those games, and the Eagles just, just couldn't finish this one off. Yeah, it's it's disappointing. And even on Hertz's stats, two of probably his four best throws in the game, they don't even sh- they show up as incompletions on the stat sheet. That that throw mm-hmm. to Devonta Smith that was overturned on review, it was a catch. It was 100 yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, so <laughs> well, I don't yeah, know. I don't know does. what a catch is anymore. So I, I, I tweeted I that know. before, like as it was going to review. I said it was an amazing almost catch because I didn't think it. I didn't think it was a catch to be honest. <laughs> um, I thought as he was kind of adjusting it, going out of bounds, I didn't know that he got the second foot so down. The ball hit the ground. Um, given the way the rules are constructed, though, it has to be hundred like beyond all reasonable doubt or how, however they say it um, has to overturn it. It takes overwhelming evidence, hundred percent. Basically there's no way you could look at that rule to catch and say, we're a hundred percent sure it's not a catch. And so they shouldn't have overturned that in my opinion, although I do think it ended up being the right call. The other one was that pass to Quez Watkins and Quez Watkins has just gone full Jalen Rager at this point at, Hurts tough, man. with a blitzer in his face. A guy run. He's staring right down the barrel, and he put that ball on Quez Watkins' hands. And I, Quez should have been able to catch that and score a touchdown at the very least. Catch it and go down inside the ten, and he drops it, and you end up kicking a field goal on that drive. Like, and those were two of his best throws. Of course, there was another one, um, the one where the Chiefs got a free rusher, like. So they they schemed up a free rusher off the left side to force him into a, a contained guy on the right. And he started to roll right, and then he just spins around and runs back towards the left sideline, gets out of both guys, and he was able to flip his hips and hit Goddard. I think it was Goddard at the sideline for a first down. Mobile quarterbacks are just a cheat code, man. And that's a huge, that's a big league throw. Mm-hmm. And there's some protection issues that an offensive line that's as good as the Eagles should not be having. And it was there a few times in this game. And Hertz continued to bail them out. And then that throw to Dallas Goddard on third and 13. Like as I'm watching that and I saw the snap, I see the corner at the bottom of the screen like open up in a cloud technique. And then when Hertz throws that corner out to Goddard, because of course the corner disappears on the broadcast view. But I was like, oh crap, there's a corner right there. He didn't see him. And then as the camera pans over, it's just like inches over that guy's fingertips and drops in right right in front of the safety. Just a phenomenal throw for, for my money. That's the best career that Jay, that's the best throw that Jalen hurts has ever made in his career. And I mean, he was just on one in this game. He played a phenomenal game. He was on, he was on another level. He should have probably won MVP regardless of the outcome. That's how good that's, that's how good he was. I, as, as special as Patrick Mahomes is um, winning the MVP is just the virtue of winning the game. They could, they probably should have given it to Andy Reid for the clinic that, that he put on in, in this game as well. But the quest drop is tough. For, for, for a couple of reasons, because number one, he appears to be slowing up on the route. And then once to that, he did that a few times this year where he's like diving for balls that he shouldn't be diving for. And it isn't the first time he's made these mistakes in critical moments. We all remember the Washington catch and fumble and stumble, whatever that was. So that's he it's, it's not the first time he's done it. Then he reveals later on that he's playing through uh, a grade two shoulder strain or, or whatever it is. Everybody's dinged up kind of comes off as like, why mention the injury now when you made a mistake? But it is. It, it is what it is, but also, if you're gonna if you're gonna let 
so Thornhill was draped on his back and, and pulled on his shoulder, altered, Quez Watkins said it altered the catch. You didn't get the full extension he wanted. Shouldn't have been extending anyway, but it did alter it. If you're going to let, I'm perfectly fine with letting the players play, but if you're going to do that, be consistent throughout the entire game is my problem. And I'm not using the Bradbury holes as an excuse because the Eagles should not have been in that position regardless. But if you're not going to call it there, I don't expect you to call it on the Bradbury hold as well. That's my issue with refereeing in today's game is that it's not consistent. You can't make calls when you deem it appropriate. If you're going to call it there or not call it there, be consistent with it later in the game. So with Thornhill draped on Quez's back, if you're not going to call it then, it, that's a more egregious hold than Bradbury's is my point. So that's where I'm so fuzzy on refereeing. Uh, again, the Eagles should not have been in that position where the Bradbury hold should have even occurred. But the consistency, it's not the call itself that's the issue. It's the consistency is my problem. Yeah, I mean, how many passes were thrown in this game? And the the Shout first, the two the of them. first <laughs> flag on a defensive back is thrown on the last one. Jalen Hurts threw 38. It's not, it's uh, not a good Patrick luck. Patrick Holmes threw 27. So what is that, 60? 65 passes in this game and there was one penalty on defensive backs and you i mean let them play man i just when you're well let me go back and say uh I, I i'm not i'm not a blame the refs guy and that's not what i that's not what i'm about to neither do am i here. and neither am i neither um, am i because don't fall start on a third and one to stop you from QB sneaking and then fumble on third and six and yeah. give up a fumble six yeah forgot all about that um you know, get Patrick Mahomes on the ground the few times you get pressure. Get a stop somewhere. Don't punt the ball on fourth and two. Don't kick a field goal from the 15. Like, there's so many little things that go into it. But when you, as you're gearing up for this game for two weeks and you say, this is going to be a great game, this is going to come down, this is probably going to come down to who has the ball last. And when one play, one flag changes who has the ball last, when you said the whole time, that's what it's going to come down to. That's a huge play. It's hugely they important. Knew it. We knew it. They and knew so it going the difference between the Eagles having the ball last with a minute 50 down three and the Chiefs basically kneeling the ball out to kick a chip shot field goal to win. The difference is a ticky tack flag. The first one called on 65 dropbacks that, by the way, you have Greg Olson, a former tight end who would be biased towards offensive players saying on the broadcast, you cannot throw that flag in that situation. You've got... Tyree Kill on Twitter after the game, or as that's happening, saying there's no way that's a flag. You have receivers in the NFL saying that. And I know what Bradbury said after the game. Active, active receivers, yeah. mind you. It's and, and I know game. what Bradbury said after the game, and I respect him for it because, you know, it's kind of it's kind of like the whole you can find a holding on every play on offensive linemen. Yeah, there was some jersey grab there. Mm -hmm. He's he he said what he should say when he's not going to go cry about it for three weeks like 49ers players are. There's other things in the mm -hmm. game, and that's the that's the accountability that they have in that locker room. It's their culture, but it absolutely sucks that we were robbed of what would have been an epic finish. Like this was the and this will sound biased. I don't think it is. This is the best Super Bowl since 2017 in terms of the quality of the game is back and forth. For sure. And for sure. to have that opportunity for the finish robbed from us. I mean, objectively, what is more entertaining? Letting the players play and see if Jalen Hurts executes a game-winning drive or watching someone kneel the ball out and kick an extra point to win the game. And so it sucks. And it also sucks that we're even talking about it. Just like it sucked that after the Bengals <laughs> game, that's what people were talking about. The push on Patrick Mahomes as he's out of bounds. Was that the right call? 
that one probably was. It still sucks that that's what ended that game, and that's what people were talking about in what was such a great game. So I hate it, uh, but that's where we are. Yeah, it's it's man because every every fiber of my being believes that Jalen Hurts leads them to a, to a game winning drive, and they win that game forty two thirty eight. Like that's 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 how that game probably probably ends. And that, that's the Amalu. You, you, good thing you mentioned that because I forgot completely about it. That that's what even led to the fumble in the first place. That false start was critical because they were going to sneak and move forward, and that was and that was that. But man, that combined with Hurts even fumbling in the first place because he never ever ever makes those mistakes. And on the biggest stage, the one time, the one time is is, is when it happens. And of course, we commend Bradbury for his comments after it because he knew it was a hold. But I also believe that Bradbury was under the inclination that he thought that the rest were going to let it go. He said, I was hoping they would let it slide because they let it slide the whole game. So why in that instance do you not let it slide in that one point? But this should abolish any and all notions that the NFL is scripted because if it truly was, they would have seen that game and that final drive and all of that. I doubt this is the way the NFL Wanted, wanted it to end. But a hold is a hold. You know, we're not going to make excuses because, like we mentioned, the Eagles should not have been in that position. Multiple mistakes during the game led up to that point. You had a two-score lead coming out of the half, and now you're just the second team in history to 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 give up that lead and lose the game in addition to that Falcons and that whole meltdown. Thank God it wasn't anything like that, or I wouldn't be here to talk to you about it, Shane. So so that is a – it is it is, it is it is just a tough – but like I said, I don't want to let this game just – be be it's it's a, it's a sickening ending it's heart-wrenching it's gut-wrenching but just the the 22 eagles team for what they are and for what they provided us this whole season i said on twitter and i know that there'll be some pushback on this because of the super bowl but this was for me this was the best eagle season of, of my lifetime just based on what they gave us based on aj brown's debut season and and just the the moments it gave us and and i understand that the super bowl 52 was unmatched you brought the lombardi to philadelphia and if we didn't win that title and that didn't soften the blow for this loss i probably wouldn't even be saying this right now and i've suffered through much worse losses during my lifetime dating back to nfc championship games of tampa bay and that panthers one that was just so so depressing that panthers loss and even the the 2008 lost to the Cardinals but I truthfully believe that this equal season was if not one of the greatest the greatest one of my lifetime just based on everything that happened and it just hurts that 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 it ended this way this was not the ending that any of us any of us drew up and it's just you had a chance to take down Mahomes and Andy Reid and he, and, he, and, he, and he didn't pull it out but if I find any solace in it it's that Mahomes you know we get the redemption arc I said this on my podcast now we get the redemption you fell and now in year four he said year four starts now and I think that when he does make it to the mountaintop and eventually win that Lombardi, and hopefully it's against Pat Mahomes, that that win will be even more sweeter because of because of yeah, his absolutely. And you know, we we talked about how good of a game he played. Uh, the fumble six has it, it was worth negative eight and a half EPA. If you remove that one play, which you can't do, but just it, it skews the numbers. Yeah, yeah. It, I'll hear me it, it skews I'll hear the me. numbers. Removing that one play, he had 22.6 EPA, like 0.4 EPA per play in that game. Just a phenomenal level. And and it's just sad that the defense couldn't get one stop. You needed Gannon to bail yeah, you out yeah, just and, one time. One one time. We one stop. That's all we need. So Shield Kapadia said this. Uh, there's been 400 Eagles games since the year 2000. 400. Where do you think this mm-hmm. game ranked in terms of EPA allowed by the defense? EPA per drive. Allowed yeah. by the defense? Top 10 meaning like the uh, most points so they've allowed? 
the other way or around. The, other way the around. closer to 400, the worse game it was. Oh, they had to be like 391. That's exactly <laughs> it. 391st. <laughs> oh, really? Only nine oh, games. Only nine games has the defense performed worse since the year 2000. They were 395th. I was 100% a guest too. Did not see that. <laughs> yeah, they're 395th <laughs> in success rate. And and part of that goes back to playing this game on an ice skating rink. Oh. Um, we talked about all week that the Eagles pass rush off the edge was the key. And Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick couldn't even try to turn a corner without falling down. It's all over the tape. Go watch it. I mean, you got Jake Elliott falling down on a kickoff. You've got Kadarius Tony falling down, trying to celebrate a touchdown. Just abysmal left field right. conditions. And so that takes the teeth out of your pass rush. And you need the pass rush to operate at a high level for this defense. And so I, I won't fault. Um, I won't here. I'll say it this way. I won't entirely fault Jonathan Gannon in this game. I'm not going to absolve him either. So don't tune out of the podcast yet. If you're listening here later, I'm about to tune out myself. Um, I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the plan coming in is good. Uh, I, I thought you needed to dedicate more to stopping the run. It sounds ridiculous, but I said going into the game that I thought the key was forcing Mahomes to pass from the pocket. I thought you needed to stop the run, try to get them into obvious passing situations, and that didn't happen often. When it did, was right before the half, and the Eagles made them go three and out because they could tee off with their pass rush. But they allowed too much in the run game. The run game was bad. TJ Edwards was particularly bad in the run game. Um, and, and then you just didn't adapt anything. I thought James Bradbury had one of the worst games of his season as an Eagle. Uh, they, they came in and they tried to run a lot more man, which is what people wanted. And, and I thought that was a good call and it just didn't work. The problem was it, it's not working in the second half. It's clearly not working and he needed to adjust. And so I didn't fault the game plan coming in. I fault the lack of adjustments once it became clear the pass rush wasn't going to do what you needed it to do. I mean, look at the difference in what the Chiefs did and what the Eagles did. Mahomes could just sit in the pocket all day. And Hertz was having to roll out. They were moving him off his spot because they were drawing up these zone blitzes, generating free runners, confusing the protections. And you might not be able to bend a corner, but you can run a straight line at the quarterback. And so I thought Gannon did an awful job of just running it back with his same scheme he came into the game with and you know I thought the scheme was good and maybe it works on a different field but his failure to adjust was just infuriating in this game and you couple that with no pass rush and your defensive backs playing really really poorly and you give up 38 points and you blow a 10 point lead and you score the most points in a loss by a Super Bowl team ever and that sucks and so um there's there's fuel there's plenty of fuel for people that hated Jonathan Gannon and you don't have to worry about him anymore he's in Arizona he stayed in Arizona so he'll yeah, not be back Jaylen, next year as a result Jalen Hurts is the only quarterback of Super Bowl history to account for four plus touchdowns and lose and lose the game and that's the that's and you you said it multiple times best game of his career and it came in a loss and, and potentially the worst loss but Jalen Hurts is no stranger to adversity you know he's gonna he's gonna use this loss as he's going to remember how he felt after it. And he's going to use it to propel him. And he's already, I'm sure in the film room in the gym <laughs> working on whatever is going to happen next year. Not even concerned about the contract that is undoubtedly going to start at 45 million per year. It's probably where negotiations will start. So we'll look forward to, uh, to, uh, to that Shane, anything else you want to, uh, well, of course this, you know, I don't want to say put a bow in the game because I'm sure we'll be talking about it and at, at reference points 
for the for the foreseeable future. But any like key points you want to hit on before we go to break and come back and talk about uh, the coordinators and and, and some some uh, some housekeeping notes that have happened since the end of the Super Bowl. Yeah, the, so the Eagles had 12 players play 15 plus snaps on defense in this game. Mm. Eight of them are free agents now. Yeah. So beyond a new defensive coordinator, uh, this defense is definitely going to look different next year. And uh, so, yeah, it's hard to feel like you didn't miss an opportunity. Uh, at the same time, though, the adage that defense wins championships, that sounds great in defensive meeting rooms. That has not been true in, in over a decade. So uh, the offensive nucleus stays together, and I think that's what's most important. And I think that's the focus moving forward. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, going to be a heck of an offseason looking at 20, 20 plus free agents. Well, they'll bring back or attempt to bring back the critical ones. I would assume CJ's at the at the top of that list, even though he had a very vague uh, IG post. I said it's been uh, it was it was a fun time, Philly or whatever it was. So let's hope he can he can he can stay put. And they'll figure out how they're going to structure Hertz's contract, backload it, do whatever, so that they can build a competitive team. But man, you you have a, when you have a quarterback playing at an MVP level on a rookie deal, and I know you you uh, mentioned the the not not really the significance of, of of QBs on rookie deals, but when you have a guy making little money and you can put all these pieces around him and you don't get the job done, that does that that does hurt. But a lot of good things to be happy about. Um, um, moving forward, and it starts with some of the some some of the, uh, the the coaches. And there's one here already in place to replace Shane Steichen that I think will be uh, a good get moving forward. We'll talk about that when we come back for the break. Appreciate you guys tuning into the EPA podcast right here on Bleeding Green Nation. Stay tuned. We'll go into a quick break and talk about some coordinator stuff. We are the uh, EPA show coming back from uh, Bleeding Green Nation. We are back here on the EPA podcast. We're going to be breaking down some of the coaching news that has broken since the Super Bowl as the Eagles lose both of their coordinators. Offensive coordinator Shane Steichen is the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. That was expected before the Super Bowl. What wasn't quite as expected is defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon signing a deal to be the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. So being so close to the Super Bowl, as we talked about, now the Eagles are going to have to rebuild out their coaching staff. Um, let's start first on the offensive side of the ball, where it seems like the Eagles already have their guy, Adam Schefter, reporting uh, that the Eagles quarterback coach, uh, it's all but a done deal, uh, kind of insinuating that it, it's done. It just hasn't been announced yet. So it seems like we're going to be promoting from within here. Victor, uh, what do you think about that move? Yeah, I think it was an expected move. We all knew that he was the uh, just the the guy waiting to be promoted once Shane Steichen uh, uh, went on to Indianapolis. The Eagles are the first team, I believe, in 10-plus years to lose both coordinators following the Super Bowl. So when you have a team as successful as the Eagles are, of course, you're going to be uh, losing coaches in the, uh, uh, in the process. But Brian Johnson, uh, essentially the right-hand man to Jalen Hurts, dating back to his childhood. Jalen Hurts' dad coached Brian Johnson, so they are very connected as far as as that is concerned, especially on the football field. Uh, but mind you, they I feel like Brian Johnson is super qualified for the position, regardless of the connection with Jalen Hurts. Uh, during his time at Florida as the offensive coordinator, he led Kyle Trask to a Heisman finalist. I think Kyle Trask finished fourth in the Heisman race that year. And he also uh, was instrumental in the development of Dak Prescott during his time at Mississippi State as well uh, in 2014. So he's definitely dealt with some high-profile quarterbacks. We've, he's had uh, his hand very much so in the pot of developing Jalen Hurts at MVP level this year. So we all knew this was going to happen. I knew that Kevin Petulu was also, you know, his his name, Kevin Patolo, was also 
in the mix there as well. But for for a guy that is so well connected to Jalen Hurts, and there was some skepticism that, uh, or some rumors rather, that Shane Steichen could potentially poach Brian Johnson and bring him with him, but I highly doubt Jalen Hurts or Nick Sirianni would let him walk out that door. So that so that was quickly shut. But I I think the offense could benefit from some fresh new ideas because as great as Shane Steichen was, he was very very good for the offense this year. I do think Jalen Hurts bailed him out at times when things kind of broke down and, and Jalen Hurts had to make something out of nothing or make plays happen with his legs or just was just just had phenomenal throws that was <laughs> that bailed out questionable play designs. Uh, but I think the offense could definitely benefit from a, from 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 a fresh new perspective, especially since they were not the greatest after the second quarter and and those mistakes caught up to them in the Super Bowl. And you can't do that against a team like like Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Yeah, so there's there's a lot that goes into this position. So Shane Steichen, the play caller, did a really good job. Like there's a noticeable difference. Now that we know that he took over play calling last year, midseason, you can kind of go back and see, oh yeah, it changed a little bit. Um, he, he was a really good play caller. One of the things that I thought he was best at was sequencing his plays. Uh, the Eagles ran a very simple offense that they... Let's be honest. The Eagles ran a high school offense, and I don't mean that as a negative. The Eagles had a very simple offense. It's RPOs, it's zone read, it's smash, it's dagger, um, verticals. That's kind of the menu of concepts that they had, and they executed them to perfection because they said, our line is better than you are. Uh, Our receivers are better than your corners. Our quarterback is better than your linebackers. We're just going to beat you however you give it to us. And we don't have to reinvent the wheel. I mean, it's kind of like the it's kind of like the high school team that gets like the three sport athlete that can run circles around everyone at quarterback. And so they just run three plays and nobody can stop them. And that's not a bad thing. Um, I do think you're going to have to expand it a little bit moving forward because teams are going to get a whole offseason to study that now and they're going to come back with better plans. And I don't think that Shane Steichen was incapable of doing that. But you bring in Brian Johnson, it brings in some new ideas as well. So from that aspect, I think it's good uh, that they're bringing, promoting Johnson. You know, the offense was working well, so promote from within. The problem with promoting from within sometimes is it's hard to figure out who was good and who was riding coattails. And we saw 2017, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Frank Reich left. I'm not, this is not me arguing Frank Reich was the reason they won instead of Doug Peterson. Uh, but they started to lose guys and Doug Peterson promoted from within and they weren't good. And so just because you initially stock that coaching staff, that's a different skill than continuing to build your coaching staff as you lose guys. Doug struggled with that and it was to the team's detriment. And so we've got to see if Nick Sirianni can draw in some of these coaches um, and, and be able to replenish the talent that they're losing. And then the other thing is Brian Johnson does he have that knack for calling plays? Maybe he's a great say, designer, he's a play now. <laughs> but he's going to be calling the plays as well. And we just, we know he did it a year at Florida. That's a long, that's different thing. And so he's going to have to go through some growing pains there. So that's a big thing uh, as well. But overall, I, I feel good about Brian Johnson coming in the relationship he's got with Hertz. There were reports that there were at least six teams that were offering him offensive coordinator jobs. And the Eagles basically told him, just wait a minute. Uh, so he was going to be gone. It, it was either him or Steichen gone. So uh, I'm glad that they didn't end up losing both, which you're always a little afraid of when you go long and teams have to wait like that. 
Yeah, yeah, the Jets were in the mix form. Denver, a lot of teams were, were looking to, and they were going to hand him OC right away. Forget QB coach, forget anything else. So you're going to be the the offensive coordinator. And to your point, yeah, the Eagles are like, well, if Steichen's gone, uh, I'm not guaranteeing you the job, but yeah, it's yours is what they said. So The biggest how... thing I want to see him improve on from Shane Steichen is building in hot reads into mm-hmm. blitzes. Right. That's something that was just wholly missing from the Eagles offense this year. You saw it a few times in the Super Bowl where protection got messed up. There's a guy off the edge. Hertz is hot on the play. There is nobody for him to throw the ball to because they just didn't design it. So there's no re- Hertz is super smart. There's no reason Hertz can't read that stuff out. I don't know why those were not installed. That's a day one install. I don't know why that wasn't in the offense, but I hope that's something that Brian Johnson brings to the table. Yeah, yeah, definitely uh, the Eagles could could benefit from that. That that goes back to me saying that Hurts <laughs> bailed out some of those plays where where uh where where things broke down. So yeah, Brian Johnson likely to be the offensive coordinator, pretty much said and done at that point. I think we all expected it uh, uh from the offensive perspective. Now defensively is where things get a little more uh 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 hairy. Now now shout out to Shane Second for um, you know, in his introductory press conference, he thanked the Eagles, thanked the players, this, this, and that. I don't think we even got we did we definitely didn't get a press conference from Gannon, right? Like the game ended and bam, he's a he's a cardinal. <laughs> you didn't have to go anywhere because uh because um you know the Arizona went from Arizona to Arizona, but we didn't hear anything from uh from, from Shane Steichen or not Shane Steichen, Jonathan Gannon regarding the game, the defensive approach, um um anything. So fans are a little upset uh, upset about that. So as far as replacements go, I know Denard Wilson will be an in-house candidate, passing game coordinator, as well as defensive backs coach, has his hand uh, hand in the pot of the uh, the number one pass defense in the NFL. As far as anybody else, not sure. I've seen people calling for Lovey Smith. Uh, the guy, uh, I think his name, I forget his first name, but his last name is Desai over in Seahawks. He's a he's a student of Vic Fangio. So if the Eagles respect Vic Fangio as as uh, you know, they say they do, and we all think they do. He could potentially be a candidate, even though I don't know what Vic Vangio did for those two weeks as far as helping the defense stop Pat Mahomes because it didn't do a whole lot. So I'm not sure what his role was there, uh, and that involved Jeffrey Larry might want to look into stopping that check if that's if that's a thing. So I'm not sure what the what what, what the situation was there, but yeah, defense is definitely going to be uh, more questionable. I think it's going to take a little more time in finding a replacement for for Jonathan Gannon. Yeah, and I don't think there's any reason to rush that. Um, the Eagles are in a unique spot with their defense. We mentioned they've got so many pending free agents. You don't have to run the same system that you ran this year because you're going to be experiencing heavy turnover on your defense. And so I think they should do a far-reaching search. I want to bring in a lot of guys and talk to them, and I want to come up with some uh different names, different philosophies. You don't have to stick with quarters. You don't even have to stick as a three, three, five base team. Like you could change so much about this defense in one off season with the free agents leaving with the draft capital and things like that. So I would not be in a big hurry to promote Wilson. Now I wouldn't hate it if he's promoted, that's fine. Uh, But I think the Eagles are going to take their time a little bit more uh, with that search. Yeah, it's going to be interesting what they what they do. Are they going to uh, find somebody that's a bit more aggressive? Are they going to go somebody that that is that is more of what Jonathan Gannon was as far as uh, u- using his scheme to kind of be the focal point there? It'll be interesting to see how they move there. Shane, I'll ask you because you're 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 uh, you've made it known that you're more of a Gannon supporter than most. Who do you think is going to be the bigger loss between Steichen 
and uh, and uh, Jonathan Gannon because we all feel good about Brian Johnson. You did mention growing pains as far as play calling is concerned, and I think Steichen was very very creative on, on offense and a big and a big contributor to uh, Hertz playing at an MVP level this season. So between the two, who do you anticipate being the bigger loss uh, for, for this team in 2023? Of I course, we it's... don't know the replacements yet, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Steichen hands down. Um, absolutely every day. If I could pick one of those guys to keep it Steichen all day, every day. Um, I know that his offense works against elite defenses. I don't know that Gannon's defense a works B is that he would adapt against elite offenses. And so, you know, if I can only pick one, I'm picking Steichen. Now I do, like I said, I think Brian Johnson's a really good candidate to plug in there and hopefully it doesn't drop off and hopefully you see some growth. I don't know what they're going to do on defense. I would like to see them go get somebody that I don't, I don't want a wink Martindale that has mm, one play in the God. playbook and your cover zero cover one called, blitzing. Like that's not what I'm asking for. It's called jailbreak blitz is what it is. <laughs> yeah. But I would like a guy that is a little more amenable to uh, doing some different things. Uh, so I want to throw a name at you. I want to throw a oh, name at dope. you. Mike Zimmer. Oh, interesting. I like Zimmer. I like I like I like his uh I like his style. Yeah, so he's fired by the Vikings at the end of 2021. At 2022, he went to Jackson State as an analyst with Deion Sanders. And so he was out of the NFL completely. Um I think that Zimmer is a guy that you could bring in. Uh he likes, you know, to mug those A gaps, show 7, send 4, all that simulated pressure stuff that gives you the chance to create chaos up front. Uh, maybe a little bit too much sometimes. And hopefully that's where you could keep a guy like Wilson. And, you know, there could be some good counterbalance there, but he's a name that I would be really interested in. Uh, I haven't dug a lot further than that. I know some people are interested in Lovey Smith, mm-hmm. not a big Lovey Smith guy. I thought Lovey Smith <laughs> was way too much of just a straight old school Tampa two sort of player or sort of coach. And I don't love that as an approach, but uh, Zimmer, I would like Wilson. I'm fine with, I'm sure there's a lot of other names. I really haven't dug into it too much uh, yet, but just a couple names, I guess, to keep your eye on. Yeah. I haven't dove, dove into it uh, uh, that, that deeply either. I'm going to write something uh, this week on the potential candidates. That's when I'll take a deep dive and see number one, who the Eagles are even interested in. And number two, who would potentially be the best fit? Because to your point at the beginning of the show, there's going to be a lot of different starters on this team next year. We expect Kaiser to be gone. You expect some of these other guys, uh, 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 to be gone, and we don't know what's going to happen with these veterans either. So, uh, personnel also is going to be a thing. Who's the best coach for the personnel? We only have half the personnel, so you don't even know that, know that either. So, a lot of intrigue is going to be um in off season as well as the Eagles attempt to get back to the Super Bowl, and we all know how 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 just tough it is to 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 get back. But one thing is, and one good thing to be excited about is the NFC quarterbacks aren't all that great. What's the, well, who's the, who's the best quarterback in the NFC? People can argue Dak. People can argue Aaron Rodgers. If, if he's even going to come back to green Bay, he's in, he's in the black hole somewhere right now trying to figure that out. Uh, so, so not, not a ton of great NFC quarterbacks. So as long as Jalen Hurts remains healthy and, you know, and they treat him well, and he's going to be the face of this franchise for the next eight to 10 years, I think the Eagles are going to be in good shape because as long as you have, and Patrick Mahomes is an example of this, although he is the best in the game, as long as you have, a, uh, a, a an all-pro quarterback, which Jalen Hurts is, you can find yourself in the dance at any point in time. Yeah, uh, so two things I want to say. I want to say one more thing on the defensive coordinator, and then I'll oh, of course. the be thing. Um, they have time. They don't have to hurry. Right. But legal tampering opens uh, in just under a month, March 13th. And so 
you would like to get whoever you're going to get in the building in the building in the next like two weeks, ideally. <laughs> so you've got a little bit of time to figure out their input of what they want from these pending free agents, who's most important to sign and bring back. So I do think you're going to see them hurry on that. I think the first domino to fall is the Hertz contract because you need to know exactly what it's going to look like so you can structure around it. So I would be looking for a Jalen Hurts extension very soon, like mm-hmm. maybe within a week, and then probably trying to get a defensive coordinator within a week or two. So, and to your point on the NFC quarterbacks, like I don't even think you can have a good faith argument that there's any NFC quarterback that belongs at number one besides Jalen Hurts. Right. Like you could put Dak up there and Dak puts up good stats. The proof is in the pudding when it comes to postseason play. <laughs> I, I've I've been a big Dak as a top quarterback guy, and I think he is. Like he's a top I think 10 he's top quarterback. Seven. Yeah, say top seven. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna do a list later this off season, and that's a good oh, way man. to get everyone to yell at you on Twitter <laughs> is to rank quarterbacks. But he's a good quarterback. I wouldn't take him over Hurts. Aaron Rodgers is probably number three for me in the NFC. I would rather have Hurts and Dak than Aaron Rodgers and who knows what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. He might go find a game show to host. So uh, (laughs) Eagles have the best quarterback in the NFC. They've got a very good coach. They're going to be in it every year. Yeah, definitely. You know, they'll be firmly in the playoffs every single year and hoping that they can get back to the, uh, to, to the, uh, to the dance. So we just want to get up here and speak a little bit on the game. I know it's tough to get up here. I had to do this twice now today to get up here and talk about the pain that this, this game has caused, but very proud of the, of everything that the 2022 Eagles have done. Don't want that to get lost. Very fun season. Very good year for the playoffs. Most wins in franchise history. It doesn't show for anything when you, when you lose the Super Bowl, but, uh, a lot of a lot of good things to build on. A lot of good things to 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 feel good about uh, moving forward. Any last things for this show, uh, Shane? As we wrap this one up and prepare ourselves for for the off season grind, our favorite time of year. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I've, I've talked about this game enough. I'm ready yeah, to flush it. it away. I, I will at some point come back and do all 22 stuff on this game. Mm-hmm. Um, a when NFL Plus stops being a garbage product and will actually work again because it hasn't worked for two and a half weeks and. B, I just need a little more space. So I'm going to throw myself into draft <laughs> stuff and I'll circle back to all 22 later on. Yeah, it's scary stuff. I saw a little bit of all 22 and it's it's Andy Reid put on a clinic, man. It is. He, he took advantage of Gannon and spun around, threw him out the door is what, what happened. Thank you guys for tuning in to the EPA podcast, our weekly edition show here on Bleeding Green Nation. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, subscribe uh, so you can catch up and make everyone aware of everything that's going on uh, on BGN Radio. Be sure to follow me, Victor Williams, at to the Philly pod on all social platforms. Do the same for Shane at Shane uh, half or half and half underscore TPL. And be sure to go to his YouTube channel. He does everything over there. He's cutting up draft stuff, I think. Is that what you're doing? What are you doing currently on, on YouTube? Yeah, so I, I released a video today. It was the top seven guys I was right about in the 2022 draft. Oh, so, who are you, Colin? <laughs> Colin yeah. doing when I was right and wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So before I kind of get into 2023 stuff, I went back and looked at my big board and kind of who – who I was higher on than consensus that did really well and kind of cut up a video about that. So I will probably try to get around. uh, I'm going to start getting into like 2023 draft stuff, but I'll probably try to circle back and do the guys I was wrong about too. But that one's hard because like, I mean, it's all hard one year out, but some of the guys it's like, I don't know if I was wrong about them or they just landed in a bad situation. So, uh, but I'll be getting into that too. So I released that video today. It's going out in clips on Twitter throughout the day today. So you can check that out if you want to. And I'll have lots of draft stuff coming out over the next couple months. 
The fun stuff, the fun stuff. Yes, be sure to go follow his YouTube for that. Be sure to go check out my other show, uh, The Philly Pod. You can search that on all uh, podcast platforms as well. Releasing one today, uh, uh, talking, you know, all that, all that, <laughs> all, all, all that stuff. Thank you guys for checking this out. We'll catch up with you next week on whatever it is that happens in the meantime. Perhaps a Jalen Hurts extension. Perhaps uh, they find a defensive coordinator. Who knows what's going to happen in the meantime? But we will catch you guys up with all of that when the time does come Uh, until the next one y'all peace out we'll catch you guys on the next one from a very sad couple of co-hosts over here go birds go birds